I tell y'all what, I tell you what, until you forget that it's not about you, you're going to have a hard time worshiping. Some of y'all are worried about what somebody's going to think about you if you raise your hand. Some of you are worried about what somebody's going to think about you if you sing a little bit louder. Listen, worship is an audience of one. I don't care how many people's in the building, worship is between you and God. You are assigning Him worth. What is He worth to you? John said it well. He said, He said, He must increase, but I must decrease. Boy, I believe in worship, we need to decrease. We need to say, God, it's not about me. It's not about my pride. It's not about my reputation. I just want you to know what you mean to me. Well, a woman came to Jesus, and, and when she got into his presence, she began to weep uncontrollably, and her tears began to fit, listen fall on his feet. And feeling unworthy, she fell down and began to kiss his feet and, and wipe his feet with the hairs of her head. And she was criticized and made fun of. Jesus said, you leave her alone. Be careful when you criticize somebody's worship. I don't know why this is in my heart. I'm just, I'm just doing what God's telling me to do. If they don't do it like you do it, it don't mean it's wrong. Man said, oh, this woman, you know, and, and, and they had a criticism against her. They said, boy, if he would have known who she was, because she had a reputation. She was, she was a woman with a reputation. Are y'all with me? And it wasn't a good one. Well, if, she'd, if he'd have known, he, he, how, what kind of prophet would he be? He, listen, if he'd have known who she was, he wouldn't even let her touch him. Oh, how little did they know him as a Savior, as a friend of sinners. <laughs> he said, I got something to tell you, Simon. He said, a man who had a great debt, a man who had a great debt and was forgiven, and a man who had a small debt and was forgiven, who would, who would be most appreciative? He said, oh, the one with the great debt. He said, this woman whose sins were many have been forgiven. She has come and she has not ceased to kiss my feet. She has anointed my feet with her tears. She has showed love and affection. Simon, I hadn't seen nothing from you. Some of us need just to get a good old-fashioned dose of God. Some of us just need to get saved. because, and, and some of you need to remember where you was when he found you. You wasn't in good shape. The psalmist said this, I waited patient on the Lord and he inclined unto me and he heard my cry and he brought me up also out of a horrible pit. I wasn't in a palace when Jesus found me. I was in a pit. I was in a place where I couldn't fix myself. I couldn't change my situation. I was helpless to do anything about it. But He came to me. Jesus looked beyond my fault and He saw my need. He saw my potential. He didn't see what I was. He saw what I could be. And He saved my soul. I need a witness. Yes, give Him praise. I, I, I just feel like preaching this morning. Amen. The Bible says in Matthew chapter number 24, Matthew chapter number 24, somewhere in there it says, be ready. I'm, I'm fairly sure, amen? 44, how about that? Matthew 24, if you, filled out, if you filled out one of those prayer cards, we're so glad to have you. I'm telling you, it is a privilege and an honor to be able to meet brand new friends. Amen, church? Amen. It's a great blessing. If you filled out that card and put your prayer request on it, can you hold it up real high? We want to collect them real quick before we preach. Anybody fill out one of them cards, just raise it real high. 
think we had some on the front and the back. Did you get them? All right. Church, let's, let's give God praise for our first-timers. Man, that's great. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. The Bible says in Matthew 24, Jesus is talking about the end times. He, he, is, he is in reference to uh, uh, the proximity of time when He comes back. And last week we, we began this series on be ye ready. Are you ready? We're living in the last days and we talked about all the things that Jesus said was going to take place. But, but then He said in verse number 36, a key verse in this chapter, But of that day and hour knoweth no man. No, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Nobody knows the day nor the hour. And then he says in verse 44, the second key verse I want you to see, Therefore, because of that, because we don't know the day, because we don't know the hour, because we have no idea the exact time, we know an approximate time or the approximate things that are going to be taking place in that time, but we do not know the exact hour. He said, therefore, because of that, be ye also be ye also ready. For in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. How many of y'all believe He's coming? My soul. Lord, help us in Jesus' name. God, I feel your presence. I feel your anointing. God, help me preach. Help me preach as a dying man to a dying world. God, I pray, Lord, that your will be done today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Listen. The Bible says this, Be also ready, for in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. Last week, we said this, it's so important to be ready when Jesus comes. Uh, listen, what do we need to do? The first step that we need to take, last week we talked about it. Jesus told Nicodemus, ye must be born again. Listen, religion will not get you in. Church membership will not get you in. Sunday school attendance will not get you in. I don't care how much of the Bible you have memorized. It will not get you in. Ye must be born again. I don't, I'm not talking about a religious experience one day. I'm talking about a spiritual encounter with Almighty God. Has there ever been a day that Jesus came into your life? He saved your soul. He changed your life from that point on. Ye must be born again. Salvation is the first step to being ready to see Jesus when He gets here. He is coming. He is on His way. He said when He prepares us a place, when He is through preparing our place, He will come again and receive us unto Himself, that where He is, there we may be also. He's coming again. One day the trumpet will sound. He's coming again. And we need to be ready. And you can't be ready unless you're saved. you got to know Him. There has to be a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Salvation is first and foremost. Are you with me? Say amen. In Acts chapter number 2, on the day of Pentecost, Peter is preaching full of the Holy Ghost. He is preaching hell, fire, and brimstone, buddy. He's preaching the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. He said the Messiah was sent, the Son of God was sent, and you with wicked hands have taken Him and, and slew Him. You put Him on a cross. You killed Him, but God the Father brought Him back. That third day, He got up again. I'm telling you, this, and you need to understand you're a sinner. And the Bible says this in Acts chapter number 2. In Acts chapter number 2, and verse number 30, 37. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. And said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Man, that's a great place to get somebody right there. 
Listen, that's a great place for somebody to be. You quit making excuses for your sinful behavior. You quit making excuses for your life. You quit blaming everybody and everything in your past and your, your problems. And you blame everything but your own self. You get to that place where I don't care. What do I need to do? What do I need to do to fix this? What do I need to do to change this? What do I need to do? It's the same thing. The prodigal son said, I need to go back home. What do I need to do? David said it well when he said, I acknowledge my sin. I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is ever before me against thee and thee only have I sinned David said I am guilty what do I do what do we do and then Peter said this he said in verse 38 then Peter said unto them repent say that word with me see the problem with a lot of people today the churches are full of people who've made professions but they've never repented and they claim to be saved. They run around telling everybody they are saved, but they're not different. They have the same old appetites. They go to the same old places. There's not been a change. They still want the things they wanted before. They have no desire to be better. Be Why? They may have made a profession, but they never repented. Repentance is a change of heart, a change of mind, turning from something to something. They have never turned from their situation to God. That's salvation. He said, first thing you need to do is get saved. That's the first thing. Repent. Salvation. Now watch what he says. He says, and then, then every, and be baptized. Say that word with me. And be every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now the wording of this is a little deceptive. And I want to help you with something. We're saved one way. And that's by faith in Jesus Christ. When we repent and put our faith in Him, that's salvation. Now, the way this is worded, the Bible says this. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, in the word for. The word for there is the Greek word ice, E-I-S. And it can be translated uh, uh, on account of or on the basis of. In other words, what Peter is saying is this. Because you have repented on account of your repentance, you need to be baptized... To symbolize and signify what you just did. Baptism is important. Baptism is important. Do I have to be baptized to get to heaven? Nope. Nope. But it's important. Uh, listen, your life here on this earth, you say, why is it important? Let me give you three things. And I know some of y'all have been saved for a long time. You've been baptized for a long time. And in your mind, you're checking out right now. Don't check out. Don't check out on me. You're going to learn something today. You're going to learn something today. You need to know this because somebody's going to ask you this and you need to know why you believe what you believe. And why you believe what you believe, not because uh, somebody told you or granny told you or Paul Paul told you or the preacher told you because the Bible says. You know what you believe. There's three things I want to share with you. Number one, I want you to see the mandate for baptism. Why is it so important to be baptized? Why is it so important for a Christian who has believed in Christ to be baptized? If I don't need it to get to heaven, why do I need it? Because Christ commanded it. Christ commanded it. In the Great Commission, in Matthew chapter number 28, he said in, in Matthew 28, he said, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Now, if Jesus said it, do you all reckon that's important? Do you realize that baptism is the first command that Jesus gives the believer after he is saved? 
It is the first primary responsibility we have as a Christian when we believe in Jesus Christ and we have put our faith and trust, we've repented of our sin and we've turned to God. The first thing that Jesus has commanded for us to do is to be baptized. It's a command of God. It's a mandate. Listen, it's important because Jesus said to do it. Jesus said to do it. Listen, how many of y'all believe it's important for a spouse to be loyal to their spouse? Why? Jesus commanded that. Commit not adultery. Now, that's important because Jesus commanded it. Well, in the same thing, Peter is preaching here and said, what, what comes next? They said, what must we do? What do we need to do? He said, repent. That means be saved. Get saved, trust Christ, and be baptized. It's following the Lord and believers' baptism. There is a mandate for baptism. Then number two, and this is really, this is really the stake of the message right here. There's mashed potatoes before and some green beans after, but this is the steak. This is what I want you to get. What is the meaning of baptism? Why is baptism so significant? Why is it so, it is so important that Jesus said, for the rest of the church's history on this earth, I want you to make sure and do two things, the Lord's Supper and baptism. Two ordinances that God gave the church to fulfill and, and, and accomplish until he came. Baptism and the Lord's Supper. Why is it so important? Why did Jesus command it? Why was it so important for Christians after they trusted Him and put their faith in Him to be baptized? Well, two things that, that I want you to see about baptism. The meaning of baptism. What does it mean? First, I want you to see this. Baptism, first, it identifies. Say that word with me. It, say it again. It, it identifies. Some of y'all remember in, 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 in the Gospels where there was a man by the name of John the Baptizer. John Baptist. It's amazing. Listen, he is here on the riverbank. He is preaching the gospel. He is preaching, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, repent of your sins. I am not the Messiah. I am not he, but he's coming after me. I am a messenger. I am a voice crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. I'm not him, but there's one coming, and that's him. I am not worthy. I'm baptizing with water. I'm baptizing, the, the listen, the baptism of repentance. I baptize with water, but there's one coming after me who's going to baptize with fire and the Holy Ghost. I am not even worthy to latch his shoe. I'm telling you, I'm not him, but he's coming. Then all of a sudden, Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, begins to walk down that riverbank coming to John to fulfill all righteousness and be baptized. And John stops the whole baptismal service and says, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. And Jesus walks down into that water where John Baptist was baptizing, and he said, I need you to baptize me. And John said, oh, my goodness. No, 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 no. I, I, I'm not worthy of this. I should, you should be baptizing me. He said, suffer to be so. We need to fulfill the righteousness of God in this point. I need to do what God called me to do. Now, here's the deal. He wasn't repenting of sins. He didn't have none. Think about it. He's the perfect Lamb of God. He's the spotless, perfect Lamb of God. He was not born of man's seed. He was born of the Holy Ghost. He was born perfect without spot or blemish. No sin has He ever committed. No wrong thought, no wrong deeds. He was the Holy Lamb of God. There was no need to repent. He had no sins to be repenting of. So why was He being baptized? Why did God the Father choose to send his son to be baptized 
Because what he was doing when he, when he was baptized by John, the God-man was identifying himself with mankind. The Creator was identifying Himself with the creature. Listen, listen, y'all are not getting it. Listen, Jesus, who was all God, was showing Himself as being all man. He humbled Himself. The Bible said He took upon Him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And He humbled Himself even under the death of the cross. He was saying, I am one of you. Why? Because man sinned in the garden. And whoever it was that committed the offense, whoever it was that committed the sin, man sinned. So man had to pay the price. And God said, I don't want my creation. I don't want my beloved. I don't want the apple of my eye. I don't want man who I've created to have to suffer this. So I will go and suffer it for them. And he came and became man. He came and became man. And in his baptism, he was identifying himself. He was taking on the nature of man. He was identifying himself and saying, I, God, am one of you. Now here's the deal. Whew, I feel God right there. When you were baptized, when you were baptized, whew, when Jesus was baptized, he was saying, I am one of you. But when you were baptized, you were saying, I am one of him. When Jesus was baptized, man, I got God bumps on me a hawk at bite right now. Amen. Whoo. When he was baptized, he was identifying with man. But when we are baptized, we are identifying with God. You're saying, I'm no longer an, uh, uh, listen, a free agent. I'm, no, I'm, on a, <laughs> I'm on a team. I'm on a team. I'm identifying with Jesus Christ. I'm no longer a loner. I belong to a family. I belong to a called out group who are set apart and who are different. Boy, I hope you get that. You're not the same anymore. Too many of you are just thinking religious. You need to be redeemed. You're a part of a family. Can't go be what you used to be. Listen, I'm identifying myself with them. See, that's really not as significant in the, in the United States in the day we're living in because we have no persecution. The day in the early church in the, in the book of Acts when, when you identified yourself as a Christian, you were persecuted and hunted down and even killed. They were willing to identify themselves with this Messiah, this, this Savior who had nothing. Listen, we, won't, we don't even want to identify ourselves as Christians. We won't even say the blessing over the food at Burger King. We're not willing to let people know who we are and what we stand for. We're ashamed. But in that day when they were baptized and they were signing their own death warrant. But they wanted the world to know I'm identifying myself with Christ. Christ. Listen, baptism identifies. You're saying when you are baptized in the, in the baptismal waters, you're saying I'm one of you. I'm a part of the body of Christ. I'm part of that separated blood-bought band of Christians. Sure say amen. 
Listen, baptism identifies, but not only that, baptism symbolizes. Please get this. It symbolizes. Romans chapter number 6, verse 3. Romans 6, verse 3. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into His death? Therefore, we are buried with Him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of His death, we shall also be in the likeness of His resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with Him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that we should henceforth not serve sin. Preacher, what does baptism symbolize? It symbolizes death. We're crucified with Him. Well, who is, who is crucified? What's dead? The old man. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Jeremiah, the day we was on I-65, south of Birmingham, the old Jeremiah died. The moment you gave Christ your life, the old Jeremiah was gone. He died. He was crucified with Jesus on that cross. And that picture, when we go into the baptismal waters, that picture is saying, the old me is dead. He is crucified with Christ. See, some of you are still running around like the old man. You have not reckoned him to be dead because some of you, he ain't dead. You need to get saved. But this baptism is so important because it symbolizes the death of the old person. I'm not who I used to be. I may not be what I ought to be. But I'm not what I used to be. And I'm not what I'm going to be. Listen, it symbolizes death. It symbolizes deliverance. Deliverance. There's the birth. The birth of a brand new man. The God man who is inside of me. That part of me that wants to live right and do right. Listen, wants to, wants to, to be all that God wants me to be. I desire to be God. I desire to be what God has for me to be. I just, excuse me, I desire to be like God and be like Jesus Christ. Let me, let me give you a hint. When that, when that baby comes out of that womb, the first desire and natural instinct of that baby is to want to feed. It, it has an appetite unless something is wrong. And if you claim to be saved and you have no appetite for righteousness or godliness, you didn't get saved. Because there was no change. And you could play the role for a while in your ability, and they make everybody think you was. But you know good and well down in your heart, you couldn't and you wouldn't because you couldn't keep it up. But when you were truly changed, I'm not saying you wouldn't ever make mistakes, because we're all going to make them. But when you did, it would break your heart. When you did, you would never want to do it again. When you did, you would first run to God and say, God, help me, forgive me. Because baptism symbolizes deliverance. I'm not the same. I'm not the same. I can't feel comfortable around the crowd I used to feel comfortable around. 
I can't run, like, listen, I can't do what I used to do. I can't, I can't say what I used to say. I, 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 I just can't be what I used to be. Why? Because I'm a, I'm a brand new man. Baptism symbolizes deliverance, but baptism symbolizes a difference. Let me give you a verse. The Bible says in Romans 6, verses 4, Even so, we also should walk in the newness of life. The newness of life. How many of y'all believe what I said a while ago? That baptism is a command of Jesus Christ? Now, if it is a command, and we disobey that command, that means we're living in sin. And here's the problem with that right there. Now, I'm talking to all you folks that's never been scripturally baptized. And you're wondering what scripturally baptized is. I'm going to explain that right before we pray. You've never been scripturally baptized. You've gotten saved. You believe in God and you've, you've repented and you've turned. But you wonder why you're struggling so bad. Some people even got baptized because they made a profession when they was little. Well, it wasn't true. It wasn't a real salvation and, and it was a counterfeit from the devil. But then later on in their life, they got saved, but they're still dependent on that other baptism. A man doesn't get baptized until after they're saved. And here's what we're doing. We're living in sin. And because we're living in sin, we don't experience the full power of God in our life. How do I know that? Because to have the power of God in our life, we've got to walk with Him. And in 1 John chapter number 1, it says He is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. And I found out this, when I'm walking in the dark, I'm a hoodlum. I can't fight my temptation on my own. I'm too weak. I don't have the ability. I don't have the power. I don't have the, I don't have the ability to live the Christian life without the, hallelujah, without the ability and the strength that the Holy Ghost gives me inside. And if I am out with God, if I'm out of fellowship with God, I don't have His presence. And when I don't have His presence, I don't have His power. And I can't live in victory. And if you're living a life today, you've never been baptized, you've trusted in Christ as your Savior, but you have not fulfilled and been obedient in believer's baptism, there's no way possible you can walk in victory in your life. And you're going to live an unfulfilled, unsatisfied life till you obey what Jesus has commanded you to do. Why? It's new. I'm walking in the newness of life. I'm, I'm testifying. I'm submitting to God. Jesus will never send you up a ladder. He won't climb. Can you imagine? Well, I just don't, I don't know about that. I'm pride. I got pri pride in my life. I'm proud. And what will people think? And Imagine the creator of the universe came and humbled himself even though he was sinless and submitted to baptism. Don't tell me nothing about pride. Jesus will never send you up a ladder he hadn't already climbed. He will never make you face a temptation he's not already conquered. He was in all points tempted as we are. Church, say amen. Baptism identifies. Baptism symbolizes. Say, preacher, what kind of baptism? Oh, don't worry, preacher. I got sprinkled. There's only one problem with that. It's not biblical. Oh, but preacher, I was baptized when I was a baby. Only one problem with that. That's not in the Bible. Let me show you what 
Let me show you some words. Some of y'all are tightening up right now, I can tell. Watch this. Colossians chapter 2, verse 12. Buried with him in baptism. Romans 6, verse 3, or 4. Therefore we are, what's that word? Verse 5 says, for if we have been planted. Planted, the word buried and planted. Now here's the deal. Baptism symbolizes a burial. It symbolizes the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. When you walk down into the water, it symbolizes the death of Christ and the death of the old man. Jeremiah, when I put your head under that water, we were burying the old Jeremiah. He's gone. Hallelujah. When I pulled your head up out of that water, it was a brand new Jeremiah. It was a brand new man. It was, it was a type of the resurrection of Christ. And, and the Bible says we should walk in the newness of life. And if you are symbolizing a burial, I, I've been to a lot of funerals in my day. And I've never seen a funeral where somebody came and, and took and laid the person on the ground and sprinkled a little dirt over them. You say, preacher, that's silly. It's no more silly than to think that you can be scripturally baptized and have water sprinkled over you. The word baptize in, in Matthew in the Great Commission is baptizio, which means to immerse. It means to submerge. It means to fully wet. And when you baptize, we believe in immersion here. Baptism by immersion, in other words, go all the way under the water because we're symbolizing and picturing the burial. Are y'all with me? That's why we teach baptism by immersion. And we believe that if it's not that way, it's not a scriptural baptism. Whether you were baptized as a baby, regardless of the fact, everywhere in the New Testament, when somebody was baptized because of their faith, they trusted in Christ, it was always after their conversion. Never before. It was always after their conversion. What's the point, preacher? The point is this. When you trust in Christ as your Savior, Jesus Christ wants you to be baptized. He wants you to be baptized and follow Him in believer's baptism. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.